Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now with Kiki and Kemi. This is an exciting episode because we have a special guest. And I'm going to kick it off to Kemi. Oh, well, no, I'll introduce quickly. So we're talking, we're still in our series about um, alternatives to college, um, to a four-year college. And today's topic is going to be about the military and everything, or a lot of things that go into the military. So I'm going to kick it off to Kemi, who's going to kick it off to our special guest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so our special guest um, came far and wide. No, I'm just kidding. Our special guest is Warren, my husband. He's upstairs in her house. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm downstairs. Warren is literally upstairs (laughs) trying to test out his mic. But but Warren, welcome to our show. Um, Also a little little FYI, he's also our editor. So yeah, shout out. <laughs> shout out to you, Warren. <laughs> so shout out to he's you, Warren. Thank you for being our editor. And thank you for being thank you. our first guest on the show. So with that, can you just tell us about just tell us like a story, walk us through what made you decide to apply to join the military? What were your thoughts and what that process looked like? And then we'll just join in. And we'll ask you some questions too. Well, thank you for having me on. Hopefully I sound great. I'll definitely have to edit my voice if I don't like it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but <laughs> but this, um, this is going to be the best audio show we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> so the reason why I so the reason why I joined the army, uh, which you know four branches, well five branches: uh, mm-hmm. Air Force, Army, Marines, and uh, Coast Guard. But I joined I joined the army because because I didn't want to pay for college. Uh, it was mm-hmm. something that I wanted to always do since a kid. And since the military had some great opportunities after you served, after you did your uh, enlistment, after the three years, uh, that helped pay for college, it just seemed like a no-brainer because I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, right out of high school. So I was like, oh, let me just join the military, or sorry, the Army, and then kind of figure myself out in that three-year span and then have my college paid for with a bunch of life experience that can help me potentially get a job as well. So that was kind of like the, uh, the most simplest mm. reason why I joined uh, the army. And uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was great. So I know you mentioned too, like it was something you're always thinking about. Was that, where did you kind of, kind of get that passion from? Because I know you also have your cousin that's also in the military. Is that kind of where you, you initially had this thought? So I always had an affinity for the military because the History Channel. And mm-hmm. I like I like I like military history. As a kid, I grew up just like an army man, and I just always was around it. Uh, yeah, I do have my cousin who's in the armed forces. She is a captain at this moment. She's been in the military for the U.S. Army for about twenty-two years now. Wow. Uh, she started as an enlisted, which means um, an enlisted is a uh, somebody that joins the military without a college education. You're not an officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, her rise from unlisted to officer is definitely unique. It's not that everybody does that. And she loves it. She loves the army. And she was the one that I talked to to say, is this the right thing for me? And she sold me anyways. It was, it was great. It, it was, uh, she, she, she did help me out. We actually wound up getting based in the same location <laughs> right after I finished my advanced individual training. 
It's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Can you, I don't know if you're going to ask next, Kemi, sorry. If no, you, go for it. I saw your question, but can you talk to us a little bit or explain like the process of enlisting? When you want to join the military, uh, there's always, there's always an office around that generally all four branches are there, the Marines, Army, and Air Force and Navy, they'll have like their own offices. All you have to do is just walk in, say you want to join the service and you have, there's a certain requirements you have to fulfill you have to be, you know, a certain height, weight, qualify for before you can actually enlist. Mm-hmm. But the process is not that difficult, especially for the Army. Uh, I think I, I, I hear a lot of the times people are afraid of, they're afraid of joining because they're going to get assigned something that's not part of, um, they don't want to do that job. Well, the great thing about the Army is that as long as you take your ASVAB test and you place, you know, a certain percentage, which is a test that kind of just like an IQ test where you get ranked on a scale and mm-hmm. if you score higher, the more jobs you can do, mm-hmm. but you will do the job that you are assigned uh, that you, that you want to do. It's not like you're uh, so unlike the Marines where Marines, you're a, a rifleman first in the army, you're your job first. So yeah, you learn how to shoot, you learn how to do all this stuff. But in the army, if I wanted to become a computer engineer in the army mm-hmm. and I chose that job, that's my job. It's going to be it. I'm going to get fast tracks to that job and I'm going to get all my education and training for that job. And I'm going to be assigned that job when I get out of advanced individual training, not too, too, too difficult. I guess let me go rewind here. You do. So there's the steps you have to do is you have to sign up, fill out your, you know, standard information name, and you'll have your recruiter usher you through the process. Uh, So you sign up, you have to take a small physical exam where it's basically 15 pushups or, 12 sit-ups just to see if you can do the bare minimum. Then you have to wait several months up to a year. You have to wait several months up to a year for, for me, it was, it was five months before you go to a place called MEPS, where is, as uh, Kemi put it the other day, this is where it's very hard to turn back. <laughs> once you get into mess. Yeah. So I, I was kind of curious. So, because once you join the military, that's it. But I'm just wondering how far in that sign-up process till it's like, I'm like, uh, I don't know if it's the right fit. And like, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can, so you can turn around at any point in MEPS. So if you feel uncomfortable, cause this, this is where you swear your oath. Mm-hmm. Um, you swear in at MEPS. Once you pass the exams where they make you do like a duck waddle, they'll make sure that your backs are straight. They'll check your, vitals uh make sure there's no heart they do they do a full battery of tests on you it's about mm-hmm. a half a day's work half a day of in your underwear <laughs> and they're all just mm. they're, they're taking care of you <laughs> this is why i do what i do <laughs> <laughs> and then once you're once you once you uh pass that you have to swear your oath to the united states and that's where it becomes difficult to leave not saying mm-hmm. you can't leave, but process you have to go through because mm-hmm. the army is a bureaucracy. It's paperwork upon paperwork upon paperwork. Mm-hmm. So it uh, that's your point of no return, technically. <laughs> so, so it sounds like you go to the office, you complete paperwork, you work with a recruiter, and then you get the ASVAB, which is the Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Test. And then you yes. also do a medical exam, and then you go to MEPS. Exactly. So you do the so yeah you do the ASVAB test before MEPS. So mm-hmm. at the office at the recruiting office they'll make they'll take care of you. 
they'll make sure that, okay, you know, like Warren can do his bare minimum requirements of physical fit and fitness. Something special for me is that I'm a pretty big guy. So I've always been on the heavier side when it comes to the scale. And I had to do, I had to get a thing called weighed and taped where they tape your neck and they tape your waist. And they just got to make sure that the ratios are proportionate for your, hmm. for your body fat. And because uh, people, because everybody's different. So I always, I was about five pounds overweight. And so I had to get the tape and I was fine. I've always been like that. Uh, so that's just something special to think about too, just because they say it's a weight requirement. As long mm -hmm. as you can get your neck taped and your waist taped and it's in the, the right parameters, it's fine. Then, um, then uh, you can sign right up. But yes, the recruiter takes care of you. They are the they are your chaperones until you get to MEPS. So they will they're the ones that uh, will administer the ASVAB test, which is about an hour. It takes about an hour to finish, hour and a half. And you, like I said earlier, you are ranked. I, I wish I knew. I think it's like from zero to a hundred, I believe. And if you score a ninety, generally that means that you can work ninety percent of the jobs in the mm -hmm. arm. Or whenever, mm -hmm. in each branch has an ASVAB test. It's standard or out between all four branches, five branches. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the Air Force has something different and the Army doesn't. No, it's the same test. But yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely nerve-wracking because you want to get a good job in the Army. Now, where can you see this list? So you take the test and then they show you a list of these jobs. So do they give you like a little a catalog and it shows you this is the job you do and this is what it entails? Yes. Yeah, so I vividly remember being in front of this really little crappy computer <laughs> they gave <laughs> me. And they said that you can you can get the jobs from here. And you can see every single job in the army. Uh if you go to their website, in the recruitments tab, you can see all the, the jobs. They're obviously gonna show you the flashier ones. The one the job that I chose was air defense artillery battery command post operator, which sorry, Patriot Missile Battery Command Post Operator. Break it down. Which, what does that mean? What? <laughs> <laughs> I said it like Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so essentially, <laughs> essentially, I chose a job where I sat in front of a computer that it was a radar picture. And my job was to monitor air traffic so that Patriot missiles, Patriot missiles are missiles that shoot down anything that flies. Our motto was it flies, it dies. That was our, our motto. It was actually a turkey with a rocket launcher, which, which is so corny, but, <laughs> but it, was, it was one of our <laughs> mottos. It, and that, I literally just sat in front of a computer and I did, I just I looked at air pictures and learned different, how to read a radar. So, you know, when, when you see a plane flying in the air, that's a radar picture. Sorry, when you see a, pl when you see a plane in the air, um, when a radar signal bounces off a plane, it sends a signal and I can interpret certain things with the assistance of computers. And I helped monitor air traffic while I was in, which is very interesting because it's the army. And you're like, why am I monitoring air traffic in the army? It's, 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 there's, there's, there's plenty of crazy jobs like that where it's like, well, shouldn't you be in air force? You know? So it's, it's, it's definitely um, a niche job, mm -hmm. <laughs> but really uh, yeah, it, yeah, that's what I did. Okay. So speaking of mottos, our motto around here, we just made it up last week. Well, we say it a lot. But it's do your research. So, <laughs> yeah. But you talking, Warren, about how you like got, they sat you down in front of the computer. So, this is after MEPS, right? You said they sat you down oh, in front no, of the computer. So, MEPS, everything's taken care of. I like literally, like, I knew my job okay. that I was going to do in the Army. Gotcha. I just needed to pass that physical health requirement, which the, the recruiters can't, they can't, they're not qualified for that. Okay. So, once you go to MEPS, that's when 
I finished the health battery, I signed my oath, and then I actually am gone for uh, three months. I'll be gone for three months to basic training. Okay. So once you get to MEPS, you won't see your family members or anybody for three months, essentially. Got you. Okay. So before we get to that, I'm curious about basic training. I think we're going to talk about that for sure. But like, are you able to do your research? I think you did say you can, but you're able to see like what jobs you could possibly do before yes. you like choose your job. So you yep. recommend somebody like if you know you want to go to any of the five branches, you would you recommend somebody like sit down and maybe oh, of like, course. get some jobs before? Yeah, you definitely want. See, I was a little different because I, I just did one semester of college and then I just really wanted to just join after. So mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I um, I just wanted to go. So I would always recommend before you go into the recruiting office, just know what jobs are out there for the and, and for whatever branch you're serving. Just know that, you know, Air Force, Navy and Army, you are your job first, while the Marines, you're a rifleman first, which means that you could be an infantry soldier. So you, I always recommend to just understand what you're getting into. Uh, if you want, if you're into computers like I am, then, you know, just look for jobs that are around the computers. If you really mm -hmm. want to work in the, you know, if you're into the woods and stuff, there's uh, plenty of different other, there are plenty of different MOSs, which was, which your job in the army is called as an MOS. There's plenty of different jobs that you can do that's tracking and survivalists. Like there's a lot, there's about a hundred and, I don't know, when I joined, it was about 180. It was mm. like that. I, it could be more now. It was about, I'm going to date myself, well, about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Dating yourself, oh, okay. Yeah. You're Look 80. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Well, I, was, I will say, along with what we, you know, with Warren's advice, definitely, that's a lot of jobs. Like you said at the time, it was 180-something. Could be a lot more. So for anyone listening that's possibly interested Definitely do your research because that sounds overwhelming to me to like have to go take a test and sit down and be like, I have to choose a job. So if you at least have some idea of what you enjoy, um, what your interests are, I think that would be really great, as Warren mentioned, to definitely do some insight into what, you know, your, op your options could be um, in any of the job opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But So now let's get to the good parts. This is... Uh, because this is what people kind of always think of when they think of the military, they think of the boot camp. So it sounds like after MEPS, <laughs> that's where you go when you do the whole boot camp. Yeah. Once you finish MEPS and you swear an oath of allegiance to the United States, you things get a lot realer. This is no longer like a fairy tale or this you're actually doing this and you actually have to do it. Uh, so they'll so they'll put you in a hotel room after MEPS, then you fly to your basic training, which is Basic training is where you, they break you down and build you back up. So I got, I got, mm -hmm. my basic training was in Fort Jackson, Action Jackson, and uh, some people call it Relaxing Jackson. I had, the, I feel like I got Action Jackson. Mm -hmm. Basic training was definitely one of the harder things I've done in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I never, I knew it was going to be rough, but I'd never forget getting out of the bus or being bussed in. And then having regrets, like, I don't think, I think I'm not, I'm not capable of doing this. And then the drill sergeants yell at you. And I got off the bus, had a bag over my head. I was dropping it, put a bag over my head. And this picture, you know, a 19-year-old Warren uh, sweating in North Carolina heat, you know, with my, you know, New England attitude. I was, I had a rough couple of days. But I will say that basic training was one of the best times of my life because it built me up. 
from a civilian to a soldier. Mm. And I learned how to handle adversity. I learned how to mm. handle different people and different, what's the word for it? I should, diff, different walks of life all across the United States. And it just really, it really opened my eyes up to what I was capable of doing and thinking that, oh, I can climb this ladder and jump off this and shoot rifles. I can do all this now. And I, in eight weeks, about eight and a half weeks, I, I, lo- I didn't lose, I lost five pounds. Funny thing, I lost five pounds. Uh, but I gained so much muscle that my parents didn't really recognize me when they uh, saw me. They, I looked like a completely different person. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was great. I could run forever. <laughs> but yeah, basic training is definitely um, special. They, uh, the drill sergeants are not your friends, but they're your friends. They, they, I'm not your friend, they, but I'm your friend. <laughs> yeah, they're there to make you better. So mm-hmm. I'm getting yelled at and like, why are they picking on me? It's because they know that they can weed something out of you. Like mm-hmm. I was picked on quite a lot because I had, I, I talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I had a, I had a drill sergeant named drill sergeant Bradley. And um, I used to get berated all the time. And I didn't learn until after uh, when I graduated that that drill sergeant was from Connecticut. And he was the only drill sergeant from the New, Eng- from New England area. And I was the only recruit from the New England area. So he, he, had, a help, he had it out for me. Mm-hmm. But he knew that, he knew that I, I wanted to lead. And he put me in positions where I had to lead. And I didn't want to do it uh, initially. But it really just, um, it just came through. And I, I, I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, and it pushed you to be yeah, better. Yeah. It really pushed me to be better. Push me to be better. It was really quick. Eight weeks go by quick too. They, cause it's filled with everything from waking up at four o'clock every day uh, to doing physical uh, PT. And then you do your train you on whatever that needs to be done. And there's always something. It's never a dull moment on Sundays are the only days where they kind of leave you alone, but they don't leave you alone because <laughs> you got to be cleaning. You got to clean the barracks. You can't be idle. They don't like you idle. They don't like mm-hmm. you sitting and hey, you know, only time you can really do that is about 45 minutes to an hour before uh, lights out, which is around eight. That's it. And that's where you can kind of talk to people and mm-hmm. kind of write letters to home. But essentially, they, they really want you on the go all the time. And that's what builds camaraderie because we don't really got to think about, you know, issues. You just, you guys are just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's, it's something hard to explain, which... Uh, is this really, it's, it's, it's just great. It's just great. So I have a question. So in the boot, I know you were doing like PT, like PT school. Now, were you also learning a little bit about your job at this point or was it after you got out of boot camp? So basic training, we don't learn anything about our jobs, basic soldiers. So we know, we know how to fire a rifle. We know how to do infantry maneuvers. Uh, we know how we'll learn just the basics of being a soldier, not as much as an infantry soldier. If you choose infantry, then they'll, you get more advanced training, but we, we, you learn the, the, the basics of soldiering and discipline. And that those are the things that they care about. They don't care mm-hmm. about your job. They don't care about your job at all. Mm-hmm. So what's infantry just for those who don't know? Who's listening? So the inf- listening? Inf- infantry are the sol- people that you see in movies. Those are the guys that are firing and <laughs> shooting and in the front lines. Uh, so though, that's what that's what infantry is. Their job is to be the weapon of the army or military. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are interacting. 
and fighting on the ground, boots on the ground. When they say boots on the ground, infantry. Mm-hmm. That's them. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then is it after the boot camp where they, there's like a ceremony that your family comes down to see you, or is that after um, you learn your job skill? Basic training, yeah. There's a big ceremony. Uh, it's it's. When I got when I finished my job in AIT. There was no ceremony, but in basic training, <laughs> big ceremony. It's it's really big. You like walked out. There are uh, other companies. So there's this thing called uh, the tiers of the military. There's um there's squads. Then there's platoons, companies. Mm-hmm. Then uh, battalions. So when you graduate. Oh, battalion training. Yeah, battalion. I only know that from when, Hamilton. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you graduate, when you graduate from basic training, you get to see every because it's not just your company, which that's what you interact with your company. It's not just your company. You're seeing everybody else graduate too. So you're gonna see this whole entire battalion of other soldiers that are just like you that were, you know, a stone's throw away that you never, you barely saw, and they're mm-hmm. the one, you know, because there's a rivalry. There's a rivalry between companies. You know, mm-hmm. Our company's better than your company. That was always the thing. Uh, and it, 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 it was great. I love, oh, I'm sitting there smiling. I, I miss it. I miss it. But um, <laughs> yeah, you have a big ceremony. Your family gets flown down and, you know, you are presented, you know, with your certificate that you pass basic, like you, like you, you graduate, you pass mm-hmm. basic training in Fort Jackson. And some people get promoted. I joined as an E1, uh, which I had no rank on my chest. Uh, so it was just a little fuzzy patch. Other people ha- join at various other uh, times. When you, if you have a college education, for instance, if you got a mm-hmm. four-year degree and you join the Army as an enlisted, you automatically start as an E4. So some people got presented that to them. I didn't, get, I didn't rank up or anything. I just was just, hey, you passed. You did it. Now your next stage of the military career is learning your job that you uh, qualify for at the ASVAB, at the ASVAB test. Interesting. Okay. So that's can, amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, I never even knew anything about like the, the ranking as well about that either. Yeah, it's E1 to E9 and O1 to O9. Mm-hmm. So E is enlisted, O is an officer. Uh, mm-hmm. So enlisted, you have, you know, your private, your private first class, your uh, specialist, corporal, sergeant, staff sergeant, first sergeant, master, not first sergeant, master sergeant, the same. Uh, then you have your O1, you have your lieutenant, you have your second lieutenant, first lieutenant, captain, then you have your major, then from major, you have major, lieutenant major, major, then Lieutenant Colonel, then wow. Colonel, and then you have from Colonel, you can become a general. So there's, I know all the officers one, but the enlisted one escaped, the last one escaped my mind. Hmm. But um, yeah, that, those are the ranks of the military. Uh, hmm. Army, I said the Army ones. Every, the Air Force is different. They'll name something else weird and Navy <laughs> name something else. It's still, but it's still E1 to E9 and hmm. O1 to O9. So it's, it's, it still follows the same, but it just sounds different. Or the name different. Okay. So what happened after boot camp? It's called Advanced Individual Training, AIT. This is where you learn your job. And I was selected to go to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, 
this is where you're going to spend more time, depending on what job you choose. It can, I, I stayed at Fort Sill for about five to six months because it took me that long to learn my job. It took my job, took that long to learn. Other jobs in the mill and the, in the army can be shorter or it can be longer. Uh, certain jobs can take up to, you know, two months to learn upwards to a year, depending on what you choose. So I was stationed at Fort Sill. Sorry, I was, I, my advanced individual training was at Fort Sill. And things were a little bit more normal. It's not like I have a mm-hmm. drill sergeant yelling at you. I actually had an instructor, somebody that mm-hmm. was just basically a teacher that's in mm-hmm. the army. That's exactly what they were. They weren't there to discipline you. They weren't there to make you do push-ups. They, they weren't there to teach you your job. Now, I will preface this that for, AIT is not garrison, which is after, uh, after you, you learn your job. This is different. You have to have a battle buddy everywhere you go. You can't walk around by yourself. Yes, you are technically, you, you, you're kind of free, more free to do what you want. You still have a structured uh, day-to-day where you wake up, you go, to, you go to class, you go physical training, you know, you eat, you, you do all that. You all do things in formation. You're not, you're not walking around saying, hey, I want to go to dinner. No. You're mm-hmm. walking in formation with a bunch of other people that go to dinner mm-hmm. or go to PT or everything else. Mm-hmm. But on the weekends, things are relaxed. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I'm, I'm not required to go to PT. It's just, I can do whatever I want on the weekends. But once again, you can't be alone. You have to have a person called a battle buddy. So if I wanted to go to the mall on a Saturday, I would have to sign out of the uh, barracks and I would have to have somebody with me at all times. If I'm caught without anybody with me, you can get in serious trouble. Mm. Uh, the, the, the army is definitely, the military in itself is different from civilian life. We, as, as civilians, you have the judicial system and you can get in trouble if you do X. In the army, there's a thing called UCMJ, you know, um, which is the Universal Code of Military Justice, which is stricter than civilian laws. So if I get in trouble in, in the civilian world, I can get in trouble again in the army. So it's like mm. punished twice. And the army is no, is no joke. Uh, getting a UCMJ is no joke. You don't want to you don't want to get in, get a, any knocks on your record because that follows you, and it puts a label on you too. Mm. So you you just you, you need to make sure to have you be on your p's and q's, especially at, at, at AIT where a lot of people mess up. And think that it is college. Which I was going to say, yeah, yeah, which is not. It's not college. It's not college in the sense we're all the same age as normal college students. But you need to take this seriously because once again, you can get kicked out of the uh, military and never come back. Or you can get even worse. You can get kicked out of the military and then on top of that, get in trouble in the art in the. In the um, in civilian life as well so it's not it's it's just it's no joke so mm. uh ait is definitely more, it was pretty stressful because of those limits and you're not necessarily free to do what you want mm. but it is it, it, you do learn a lot though it's it's <laughs> the crash course on your job that you're going to be doing so it's mm. definitely it's definitely informative so you said it took you six months and then i think through a prior conversation you said you, you have a roommate, but you guys are based on different schedules. I was, a, I, w- I, w- I, did, I was in night class and my roommate was in day class. So there was a demand for my job in the army. 
because we were so short staffed that they did a massive a bunch of recruitment. So th- we had a huge influx of soldiers. So what they did is they, they, they cycled classes to make sure that there was training going on 24 hours a day. And mm. I would, I got selected to do night class. So I would wake up around 5.30 and- AM, PM? 5.30 PM, sorry, 5.30 PM. Then go to dinner, breakfast. I would be eating dinner technically uh, at like 6.15, 6.30. And then from 6.30 to like two o'clock in the morning, I would be, yeah, two, yeah, two about two o'clock in the morning, I would be uh, training, doing uh, my job, wow. learning how to work the Patriot missile system. And then I would do PT, I would, you know, go by barracks, change my clothes into PT, and then do an hour of physical exercise. Then <laughs> get dressed again, then go out to eat, um, not go out to eat, but go in formation to the mess hall and then eat. Then I have about an hour of personal time and then I go to bed and do it again. I did that Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the weekends, our schedule was, my schedule was pretty messed up where mm-hmm. I wasn't, I really wasn't functionable during the day. But <laughs> yeah, it was, it, but it's still, it, it was, it, that's what made it tough. It made it tough. We had a huge rivalry between the day class and night class people. Uh, just like, just like uh, like a football rival football team, uh, we we were critiqued on our, our as a unit on our grades. Uh, so night class had a certain average, and day class had a certain average, and we like day class always did better than the night classes. And it's like, well, well because yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. your sleep schedule, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Sleep schedule also, if you need what you need to get vaccinations and shots, that all happens during the day. So we had to wake up at you know one p.m. and get our shots, and then go back try to go back to bed the same day. I was like, oh. But then again, it's not, it's sometimes things are not fair, but that's, 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 that's kind of life. And it's just how you adapt to it. Mm. Cause you can easily say, well, I'm not doing it. Well, guess what? You can get in trouble and you're not going to actually own up to, cause that's, it's so, it's so small. It's such a small fraction of your experience. As, as I always said, when I served three years in the army, I always looked at it as it's only three years of hopefully, you know, God willing, 85 you know, 85, 90 years of my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for something that I can take with me for the rest of my life. So just look at it. Look at it that when you, if you join and you realize that you, you, oh, I really liked what's going on right now. It's just a small part of your life uh, in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things. And just, you would feel so much better completing it than walking away. Mm-hmm. Really but uh, yeah, yeah. My, my experience at AIT was unique. Not everybody has a night class, but it was, it was great. It was great. And I will say that I, uh, I had a great friend. His name was Springfield. His last name was Springfield. When you're in the military, you lose your first name, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his name was Jamal Springfield. But I had a, uh, a, chest, pl- a chest plate on mine. It always has Weston on it. So I was Weston. That's mm-hmm. who I was. So it was definitely a um, – sorry. My, uh, I, I met, I had, a, I met a guy named Springfield. He was, he was always with me uh, through AIT, and we wound up actually getting stationed together in the army, and we actually got deployed together as well. So we went through our whole entire military wow. experience from AIT to when we left the army together. So it was great. 
So can you clarify that for me? So after you did AIT, then you got, you said stationed, then you got deployed. So can you kind of explain what that is? So once you finish your job or AIT, AIT training, you get stationed at a base. Now, depending on what your job is, you may not necessarily be doing your job at that base. For instance, like I worked for, I did, I worked at the Patriot Missile System monitoring air traffic. You did not, did not do that at Fort Hood. Because uh, the station where you were at, yeah, yeah, where I where I was stationed, I was at Fort Hood. You don't do that. But what I did was I maintained ve- helped maintain vehicles. I took care of whatever needed to be done while refreshing some of the stuff. Like, well, well, still learning mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once you get into garrison, it is what your life's going to be in the military, where you have formations in the morning. So formation in the morning, so you have to be there at 4.30 in the morning, uh, getting ready to do PT. Then you do PT, and you go back, get changed, and you go eat. The, the great thing is that you don't necessarily – the great thing is you, you have more freedom. You can walk mm-hmm. around the base by yourself. You are, it's more of like a 9-to-5 job than it is a you know structured life where I can't do anything. You once – five o'clock rolls around, you're free to do what you want. You can do, I can do whatever I want from five to whenever. It doesn't really matter what time, as long as I show up that formation the next day, hmm. ready to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it is a lot more freeing on garrison. Just once again, still can get in trouble. You got to make sure that you follow through, but the bases are all nice. They have PXs, which is like shopping malls. They have McDonald's Popeye's there on base. This it's very, uh, very welcoming because uh, it has all the amenities that you need. You don't really you need a car, honestly. Oh, they take care of they they, they there's always a bus busing system and schedule. So it's 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 really nice that uh, in garrison it's nice uh, as, as long as you know once again don't get in trouble, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know is very easy to do in life. It's very easy. It's easier to do it in the army as well or in, in the military. But. That's interesting. Yeah. I never really understood that concept of a base. I didn't. I didn't know. It kind of sounds like a, its own campus of its own. Really. Yeah. Picture a base as one massive college campus. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is, uh, with various other. Um, different. A small town, kind of sounds like. Yeah. Exactly. With another with a military town right outside of it, mm-hmm. which is like a like a normal town. Uh, so yeah, it's it's garrison life is not or being garrison slash stationed is just not much different from our day-to-day life, except that you wake up at four, you know, you wake up at four, you do PT for an hour, which, you know, I wish I was still doing PT <laughs> for get myself to get there and doing that. But, um, and just reporting to formation, it's just being, it's just all being scheduled. Mm-hmm. It's the, uh, you need to be, you just need to be available. You just need to understand, Hey, I need to be here. That's 80% of life slash 80% of the army, just be where you need to be at the right time. Mm. Just that simple. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, everything else. So when you, when, so when you're in garrison, there is a chance you can get deployed, which is a big, big commitment. But that's one thing that happens when you assign for the mil- for the army. Uh, I did, I was active duty, which is, I should have probably said this earlier, uh, the different types is active duty, which I did, where the military essentially owns you for, they could kind of, they, they, you can still do your job, but they can kind of send you where they want to. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't 
leave the base, you live on the base, the, 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 the army, the, the military owns you. Then there's reserves and then there's National Guard, where after you complete your AIT, you go back home to your, to, you know, back home. And then you have to report, then you have to report, you know, mm-hmm. once a month to wherever they need you to go. And you're essentially a civilian and you're working in the military mm-hmm. and in the army, mm-hmm. whatever position you choose. And it's, it's, it's nice because it's a great blend, but your contracts are longer. So my mm-hmm. contract was only three years while someone in reserve would be six. So you would mm-hmm. have to give up six years, guaranteed to have six years, no matter what, like you're locked in for six years. Well, in the army, I was only locked in for three. Cause I was like, okay, only I can do three years, six, mm-hmm. a little different, you know? Uh, and yes, there's always a chance you can get deployed even if you're in reserves, but in the arm, in the active duty, your chances of being deployed are a lot higher. So when I got stationed at Fort hood, my unit was already deployed. So I got myself ready to go. As soon as I got to station, I had to get all my, all my, all my shots. I had to get my gear and uh, fly over to where my unit was at in Kuwait and they were there for a year. I only went there for about eight months because I was, once again, I, my unit already shipped out. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, uh, being deployed is definitely different, way different than being in any garrison life. You, everything is structured when you're deployed. Just due to safety, you're, on in a, you're in a dangerous environment. Uh, I wouldn't say Kuwait is Afghanistan or Iraq. By no means it is not. But once again, you are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful um, and they, they are very particular on your day-to-day. So it's more structured. You do have to report to formation. There's a lot more commitment. I, I worked 24-hour shifts. So I would work for 24 hours on, 24 hours off, and then eight hours the next day, and then recycle wow. that. And I did that for eight months. I, so, me and Kiki couldn't handle doing all-nighters at college. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we would be terrible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. This is, this is fascinating to me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely, it, when you just, just understand, if you join the military, there's a chance you can get deployed. I understand right now we're not in a act we're on, on the war on terrorism right now. It is not active in the Middle East, but it does not mean that she won't get sent over to Korea um, to mm. work with DMZ or mm. uh, especially Iran is one of the big ones too. So you may still get sent to Kuwait to do what I did was monitor air traffic on the Iranian border, uh, which was, you know, it, it was, sounds cool, wicked boring. <laughs> it's just, I always, I, people always ask me, well, what did you do while you deployed? And I was like, we were just a bunch of nerds in the desert <laughs> staring at computer screens. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. So it wasn't, it was not necessarily uh, the most glorious thing. And you do have to understand that you are, you're there for a reason and it's only temporary. Yeah. So that's what got me through it. And, uh, Help that, and it, it was it was very it was, it was very it was very stressful, but it was also once again, I was able to handle it and commit myself to go through it. Mm-hmm. It was it was I wouldn't want to say I want to go back, <laughs> but uh, and that's the, and that's the reason why I only did three years too. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Uh, three years, I think, is good enough. But some people uh, want to re-enlist and serve another three more years and only serve six and they say that's fine. Uh, some people like my cousin who absolutely love it would, you know, enlist and then become an officer. 
you know, it, it, it's very interesting doing the green to gold where as long as you're a sergeant or higher, you can be a, um, you can take a bunch of courses and uh, do this basic officer's training. And then you can get transferred at, to be a, a, a commissioned officer, like a lieutenant. So some people are like that. I, I just, me, I wasn't necessarily like that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to serve my three years, mm-hmm. get my college paid for, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So can you kind of like list a little bit of some of the military benefits that you, that you gained after you got out of the military or even when you were in the military, what were some Mm -hmm. of the benefits? Well, the benefits in the army are that you have a place to sleep. You have a paycheck, guaranteed paycheck, which is not as big as you think. Our paycheck, the paychecks in the army are small, but I'm not paying for um, healthcare. I'm not, you don't pay for, uh, room and board and mm-hmm. your food you don't have to pay for food technically because mm-hmm. they feed you three square meals a day mm-hmm. uh, it's just your choice to go to Popeye's or KFC <laughs> or somewhere else that's your choice mm-hmm. but the army always p- will provide you health food and shelter mm-hmm. three basic things that we really need and then, so you get the chance to save your paychecks great um, if you're sick no problem they'll take care of you no pro- I had I got my wisdom teeth taken out uh, before I deployed, I didn't even know I needed my wisdom to take it out. They were like, well, you should probably get it taken out just in case. And it's like, all right, take it out. It's free. I don't care. Do it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, get all the work done. <laughs> yeah, get all the work done. You know, it, it's, it's, so they take care of you. And that's the benefits while in active duty. Uh, and, uh, yeah, in the base. Uh, when you're out and you serve you three years, there's some great, there's some phenomenal benefits, mm-hmm. especially for college where you, they, they'll pay for your college. So there's a thing, it's called a post 9-11 GI Bill, which is really big. This is, this is what sold me to join the, uh, the join, is that they'll pay for your college. And on top of that, they'll pay you a thing called basing, basic housing allowance, mm-hmm. which is essentially a paycheck to go to school. And this is, and it's not a small amount of money. It is a quite sizable amount mm-hmm. of money, it is. Uh, yeah. to, to go to college. So it's just, it made perfect sense to just, hey, I can sacrifice these three years and have all my college paid for and get paid to go to college mm-hmm. and not have to work a job. And that's on top of that, if you work a job while getting BAH, while going to college, guess what? That's even more money that you can save and pocket. So it, that's like one of the small things for college. They also have, uh, you, you get the uh, home loan, mm-hmm. which is a zero down payment home loan, which is not similar to the uh, certain, certain states have certain ones where you put very little down. The VA, you don't have to pay any money down on a home, which is one of the biggest hurdles of buying a home is mm-hmm. putting right. down, you know, 10% or 20% of a $400,000 house. That's, no, a lot of money. Forty, sixty thousand dollars. That's not. Not everybody has that kind of money to put down. Mm-hmm. So, the VA bill helps out a lot with that as well, uh, which is a really big selling point as well. Now, if you serve a certain amount of time in the army, uh, you can get free health care as well. I don't have free health care. Uh, I only served three years. It wasn't something I was going to get. Uh, but if you serve several more years, you can get that. If by Chance you get hurt while you're in. For instance, if you injure your knee and your knee was just always never the same ever again, 
the army will pay you a stipend for the rest of your life for that knee injury. It will, for instance, if my knee injury, I have to walk with a cane, uh, they'll pay you $800 a month for the rest of your life because of that injury. Uh, it's yeah. kind of like they're just want to make sure they're taking care of those veterans when after their service. So I didn't have any injuries when I came out. I, I you know, I thank God for that. But there are, I know some people had some, some issues that they had that were to take it from the army and then they're getting paid for it and compensated for the, for those injuries. It's very unfortunate to have a lot of veterans that mm-hmm. don't have they, they're, they're not in the greatest spot right outside mm-hmm. the army or the mm-hmm. military, but just don't let that be a deterrent to understand that they're, there's, they're trying to do better. Yes. Yeah. If that makes sense. They're trying mm-hmm. to take care of soldiers after. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's false. And it's also veterans to give back as well mm-hmm. uh, too. There's a lot of, a lot of veteran programs. We can go and help out and um, other people. When I got out, I was out for about a year before I, really committed to going to college. And I know my, in my hometown, uh, there was a VA clinic and counselor there. And I really, they really helped me out as well. So it's, there's, there's resources for veterans out there and it's great. It's great. It's a great community. I get emails three times, three times a week about the VA. I don't read them all, (laughs) but it is such a, it, there's something always happening. Mm -hmm. There's always programs. There's always something that, that, that you can be part of. And yeah. Thank you for mentioning that part. I mean, I was going to ask a question about, because like we do see a lot of veterans or people that have served and you, you know, like they're not in the best spot, like you said. So thank you for saying it. Cause I was like, yeah. how do I ask this question? <laughs> you said it really well, yeah. but it should, like you said, it shouldn't be a deterrent. Like I can't even imagine right. what you all have done. So to go, to go, like to be deployed or even just to have to go through basic training, but to like be deployed and see the things that you've seen, like imagine coming back if you already had maybe a mental health issue or something coming mm. back. I mean, it could either be heightened or something was triggered, you know, being deployed. So, I mean, there's so many reasons people end up in the spots they're in. So, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, how do I ask this question? Because I really was curious. But, yeah, it's like it's, it shouldn't deter anybody. I, I do want to mention, and mm. you, just, you just reminded me, when I was mm. in, it was about 10 years ago, mm. mental health was something that was was very was growing and i i i feel now it's very big because i from the emails that i'm getting is about mental health mm-hmm. checks. i think society around the world society yeah. mental health is huge because the thing is you do need someone to talk to just counselors in the army it is very stressful it's not i i guess i like i liked being in the army but don't give me wrong it wasn't a cakewalk it is stressful but it's it's manageable if you do it right you know, there's, there's unfortunately some people do it wrong and they cope with the wrong way, wrong way of doing it. And mm-hmm. they get kicked out and they lose those, those precious benefits that you're mm-hmm. there for, which is just the worst thing that could happen to you is just have outlets to understand, okay, I need someone to talk to, or I need a counselor to talk to, or speak up, especially for other people as well. That's the one thing about accountability in the army. You aren't just there for yourself. You have to be a person next to you. Like that's what you train. That's why you have a battle buddy in AIT and battle buddy in basic training. Cause you need to care for that other individual too. And you got to care for your, your fellow soldier. Mm-hmm. So if you see somebody struggling, or str- like they're there, you clearly see something wrong. Talk to them. If mm-hmm. they don't want to answer, it's fine. Talk to their NCO. Cause guess what? They have to answer to him. 
You know, it's just, it sounds like, it sounds like, oh, well, you know, they'll figure it out. No, 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 no. It's not that simple. It's because in the army, we have all walks of life. It's like you walk in your job. You need to just, you need to have, some people need someone to speak up for them. Mm -hmm. And um, in the sense the military is so structured in that way, where it's a tier system. If a sergeant, if you mention something to the sergeant, the sergeant has to say something. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a uh, important Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's why I wanted to just reinforce that. Yeah. yeah, thank you. No, that was good. I think also, I mean, as human beings, we go through big transitions, and that's a big transition. Like you're you're literally going from quote unquote being a civilian to becoming a soldier, and you're being broken down and built up, as you said, into a soldier. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it just seems like it's so organized, boom, 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 boom. So I can only imagine what it's like to transition even back to society based on what even if you saw or something's happened in deployment, um, but even just kind of figuring out where you want to place your footing back into society being a civilian all over again. You know, So that's a big transition. Yeah. I think sometimes people can... Obviously, they don't really recognize it because they're not going through it. But it can definitely, after you're listening to your experience, see how that can be a big adjustment to people coming back afterwards. Or why some people are mm. like, this is great for me. I want to stick in and do this for the rest of my life. I like it. You know, mm. right. It's just when you know, we have the freedoms now, the kind of I can do whatever I want. You know, I can, you know, not show up to work tomorrow. You know, like there's no, honestly, the repercussions <laughs> that may get fired. But in the Army, there's, the repercussions that you can get you know sent to the barracks and arrested mm-hmm. so it's it's not it's 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 different and what this thing is the one thing the wonderful thing i liked about it is because of that structure and it's great to have okay this is what i need to do this is what i need to do this is what i need to do like it's it's sectioned off at what you need what you need to do and that um but it's hard to cope with that when you leave from the army and you're like i don't know how to handle this it's too much freedom mm. but uh, which, which is a very strange thing to say but it is it is uh it helped i had it took me a while to, to like adjust but once i did you know i took my what i learned from the army the discipline the the ability to just grit and bear things in the civilian life and you know applied mm. it to my work ethic and uh college so yeah. So I guess kind of just to wrap it all up. So now you're you're not in, in the military. I was going to say, are you in the military ward? No, you're not. No, <laughs> you live with me. Yes. <laughs> so, Him is a drill sergeant. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so after you got out of the military, uh, then you, so what did you do next after the military? I took a year off and mm-hmm. um, just kind of just figured myself out. I, I was 20 three at the time. So I still fairly young. Uh, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted. I still didn't want to know what I wanted to do for college. But once I figured that out, I applied myself and got my associate's degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, then uh, I met you. (laughs) (laughs) And then then I did, uh, I got my uh, bachelor's degree. I worked. I worked while getting BAH as well. I I, I did. I, I tried to maximize my uh, benefits as much as possible because my benefits only lasted for three years. Mm-hmm. So it lasted as long as I was in. So I needed to make sure I used it. Uh, once I started using uh, applying for college, so once I got into college again, I then focused all my efforts into maximizing my benefits and then 
getting my degree as fast as possible so that I don't have to pay for it. Because it's not like they would pay for it ever. I had to get it mm-hmm. done in a certain time frame. Now, I know it'd be, with the GI Bill, they pay for, there's like a pool of class. Like the, pool, the amount of classes you take doesn't matter. If you take five classes, they'll pay you the max amount of benefits. If you take two classes, they won't pay you the most. So I had to maximize that, maximize all the uh, benefits I could. So I took like financial aid, like financial aid in a way, right? Yeah, like he, yeah, exactly. Okay. Hmm. I think, I don't know. You guys are the- Well, no, you, you, no that's true. <laughs> well, no, you said like, if you like get, you know, this much benefits, if you do a certain amount, if you do like your full amount, you get the full award. If you do like yeah. partial, you get like partial. Yeah. But I, I never knew, I never knew that it was like your- GI benefits were based on how much time you served. Is that how is that how you're saying it yeah, works? There's a formula that they come up with. I forgot how they I forgot how they figured it out, but it, for me, it kind of played out to around three years is kind of the time I had to use it. So once I once again, once again I started college again, it started then, and I had to maximize every single oh, okay. opportunity. Gotcha. Um, three years of I should say three. If I took a year off, that didn't count. It was just three years of actual college mm-hmm. work. It's not like I could I could take a year off and I would lose my benefits. No, I had to make sure to. I, I wanted to get it done as fast as possible. So cool. Do you mind saying what your degrees are in? Associate's degree in liberal arts science. Wow, something like that. And then <laughs> <laughs> I think I forgot what it's called. Liberal. It, it's I just essentially got my my general Gen Ed. right. Um, mm-hmm. Gen Ed. And then uh, for my bachelor's degree, I got it in management and information systems. So it was a bachelor's of science. And I got that at Bay State College. I did all night classes to get that done. And yeah, I have several different certificates with my job. I work in the e-discovery field, which is forensics. And I have several different certificates with that as well, not not general, not graduate certificates, but uh, just certifications, certifications on uh, certain tools and software. That's so cool. I have yeah. a question. I guess we're wrapping up, but you said a lot of stuff. This has been like really fascinating, um, and you kind of mentioned it too, Warren. You said the military is not for everybody. As with anything, it's not for everybody. So, like, right. if someone's listening, could you like share based on your experience, like who you think or who? would you say the military is for or it's not for? Well, I think anybody, I personally think that anybody can do it. If you can apply yourself, mm-hmm. uh, if you know how to sack to get rid of the ego of it's all about me and understand that in order to succeed, you have to be, we have to work with people around you and different personalities and grit and bear personalities. You just don't like, just understand that, hey, I'm working towards, we're working towards a goal. I think that's for anybody. I, I, I don't think it's for people that, I will say it's not for people that don't like getting yelled at or getting told what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Especially basic training in AIT. Not much, not much dealing in AIT, but you're being told what to do. And you have to, under, you just have to, under, you have to kind of give up that autonomy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're very independent, then you need to, then it might not necessarily be for you because you are told, you might be told something. If You might be told because I said so. Mm-hmm. That's, you, 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 you get what I mean? Not the greatest mm-hmm. leadership, but you're going to get some leaders that are like that, especially at your job. But, if, but it's going to happen in the army. You're going to get a sergeant that's like, it's going to make you do something that you really don't like. And you're like, why am I doing this? 
but I have to just say yes. Mm-hmm. I can't question it. I just, as long as it doesn't put me in serious danger, but I still have to do it. You know, it, it's one of those things. You just have to deal with, deal with those kinds of things. And if you're not capable of, I don't want to say humility. I, I, would, I, I guess you could say humility because, like I said, I, I sometimes think I know too much. And <laughs> I don't want to, I know, I, have, like, I know better than this person, but I, I'm a private. So I need to keep my mouth quiet. And that's the thing I had to learn. So, mm-hmm. so it was, it's, it's, it's a, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Thank you. This has I been like know. so fascinating. Um, I guess we're wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. I I was just gonna say, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say thank you, Warren. Well, this Warren's our first guest, like we said. So thank you, Warren. You did a fantastic job. Um, (laughs) And make sure you keep all your talk, your discussion in this. Don't edit yourself out. It was fantastic for real. But I was was gonna say, like, thank you, anyone who's defended our country Mm -hmm. in the military. Veterans Day was past Thursday. Yeah. Um, And actually, we have. I mean, I think like a lot of colleges do like um veterans day events i got to like hear from this really amazing woman i think she was a sergeant i don't remember which branch but um i was really inspired i was inspired today warren thank you so much again thank you to anyone for serving who served our country currently serving or has served um thank you for this is really cool and just learning one experience is is like wow that was a lot it's a lot (laughs) for sure so i always say i'll go ahead I say, when people say, I don't want to get in trouble, but when people say, you know, thank you for serving, they say, thank you for paying your taxes. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason why the service exists. Yeah. <laughs> true. Very true. I never thought about that. But no, if you see, if you see somebody, you know, they've served, say that. I mean, I think it's like, I think it's just like the, the least you can do is say thank you for your service. Because even I was just thinking Warren was like, you only did three years. I feel like, that's three more years than somebody else did, than me and Kemi did. Right. Um, <laughs> but Combined, no, we can eat at zero. <laughs> yes, it's zero. But no, I think you said like humility and I saw like, I heard humility all throughout it. I feel like anybody else I've met that has served um, or is serving, they're just super humble. So I feel like, yeah, that was really great, Warren. Thank you. I was also going to say thank you to our listeners, all of you. But we have listeners in Germany and Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to find out who you guys are. Shoot we are amazed. <laughs> Please. But thank you. Because you, especially Puerto Rico and Germany, you guys are consistent. So yes. Send us an email. <laughs> we want to know who you are. But thank you. <laughs> but everybody, though, I feel like a lot of our friends like listen to. But if you have never met Kemi and I before, if, you, if you're somewhere else, even our friends message us, you know, or you know how to get to our email. But we just want to say thank you to everybody because we yes. are just like always blown away. We're like Germany, Puerto Rico, Maryland. We know, we know, like we got a lot of friends and, on Virginia. the East Coast. Yeah. Virginia, North Carolina, mm-hmm. New England. New England. I think there was like Florida. So shout out to everybody. Y'all are Thank the you, best, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. But yeah, thank you so much, Warren. This was really fun. I'm glad to be on part. I'm glad to be part of this. Thank you. Maybe we'll have you again in the future. <laughs> we sure will. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you in the next one. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of your advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. 
Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.